0: as of late, and there's a new company, a startup called Invisibly, that says they have a better way to do it, and they say their numbers for 2020, bear that out. Don Vaughn is the head of product, and he joins us on the phone line now. Uh, Don, welcome. Hey, great to be here. I should also point out you're a neuroscientist. That might be a first for Chicago's Afternoon News. (laughs) Use small words, will you, Don? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So tell me about uh, Invisibly and why it's better.
1: Yeah, Invisibly, well, just a little bit of background for people who who aren't quite as into polling is a lot of polling is still done by calling people's landlines, Um, and you'll call, get people's responses, and as you might imagine, not a lot of people have landlines anymore, Um, and when you do get people who, who answer, they have a particular bias, let's say. It's a particular demographic, different age groups, and so... If you were to base polls off that, you're not going to get answers that actually reflect what happens across the United States, across lots of different demographics who can now vote. So what Invisibly is doing is it's just another piece of this, you know, larger thing. We see that everything's getting digitized. What Invisibly is doing is it's actually conducting the polls online because everyone's online, gosh, almost all the time. Well, so is that true? Don,
0: is, is everyone, I mean, all the, all demographic groups sort of represented equally online?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's not that they're all online the same, but you can reach everyone, and if you do a good job at uh, targeting and making sure that um, people are represented from all groups, then you can get a fairly broad canvas.
0: When I get a call, well, frankly, I don't take those calls. Um, I don't have a landline either, but um, it's more personal, right? If you're talking to someone on the phone, you don't really know who they're from, who they're with, uh, who they're polling for, and it just feels a, a little less awkward if you're answering questions online. Is that the idea?
1: I think you're spot on. Um, I think that essentially what we're finding is that here's my hypothesis of what happened with Trump and Biden and what happened in 2016 is, is as you said, when somebody calls you on a phone, uh, it feels very personal. It feels like, uh, who are they? They know who I am. You can see voter registration data. Lots of companies have your name. They infer your ethnicity based on your name. They have who you said you voted for in the past. And I think people know this, and they are suspicious, and we don't necessarily want to be identified. And when it comes to candidates, like Trump, who are much more politically divisive, uh, there are real consequences for voicing support. Um, And so we think that people are likely to just not say who they're voting for. And it's more likely to be the case that they're not going to say they're voting for Trump, even though they might be. And that manufactures a bias. And that's why almost every poll universally showed Trump down significantly significantly. And we've been ringing the bell for months and months before election that this race was a lot closer than everyone gave a
0: credit. I want to get to that, but you also talk about the fact that pollsters have a, a bias within them that led to uh, Trump being undercounted. Can you explain that for me?
1: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of pollsters are using what the, the gold standard is outdated, is really what I'm saying, is that in the age of technology you can't be calling people on landlines and every now and then on, on cell phones and expect to get, Reasonable representation of the entire United States. It's um, that 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 race has run. It's over. It's never going to be effective again. There has to be a new way moving forward so that you can actually see what happens. Two presidential races in a row being a failure is too many. How many more are we actually going to wait? Um, but we've you know we've encountered significant headwind in trying to get people to accept that polling should and could be done a different way. Um, hopefully in the coming years and for the next election, there will be a little more open um, open support.
0: Okay, so how do how do your online polls work? Say I'm reading an article somewhere or uh, looking at a, a shop somewhere, and it's a pop-up ad, or how is it that you reach people to volunteer to be polled?
1: Yeah, great question. So it's exactly that, which is when you're browsing, uh, a poll will show up in your screen or in your article, just like you would see another ad or another survey, and people choose to voluntarily respond to that. They'll say who they're voting for how strongly they support that candidate, um, uh, how likely they are to go out and vote and execute on that demographic information. So in a way, it's, it's completely voluntary. So we don't block any of the contents. You don't get, you know, sometimes you get pop-ups and you have to answer them in order to get through to what you really care about, and mm-hmm. people hate that. Nobody wants to deal with that. So what we do is we have simple, complete, voluntary polling, which is if you want to give your response, you can, and then we'll never ask you again. And we, what we end up being able to do is if you look at most phone surveys and what people aggregate on 538 and some of the polling sites, it's, it's 800, a few thousand people. Well, we're, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people that are possible for polling. I think in this recent one, we published 65,000 responses. And we think that having 65,000 people across the United States is much more likely to give you an indication of what, people are going to do, then 800 or 1,000.
0: Okay, so you get those 65,000. Do you then go through them demographically to get an idea, or do you just take the raw numbers?
1: We had a really interesting result, um, which is if you look at a lot of – there's many papers on looking at how much demographics matters and you're weighting by demographics. Just for your audience out there, for example, if you have more male respondents to your poll, but you know that people are going to vote, even male, female, you might want to downweight the responses of males in your poll to make it sort of equally balanced, um, and so that happens across uh, age and gender um, income um, education levels like that and so we we did we do have those data and we did look at it, but what we ended up going with is just the raw response numbers, which is shocking, and we got a ton of flack for doing it that way <laughs> but what uh, you know and people would not let that go, and right. so I, I understand that I understand it, but at the end of the day, I think that If you see a survey pop up and it's optional and you chose to go answer that survey, I think that tells me a heck of a lot more about who you're going to vote for and how strongly you are to actually get out there actually complete your mail-in ballot than trying to guess based on your race and and, and a bunch of other demographics. So so
0: what
1: we ended up up finding was we predicted the Electoral College within four votes. We predicted – is closer than any other poll that I'm aware of, and we also predicted national support. We we guessed Trump was coming in uh, at at 49%, and he come in, he came in around 48.4, and that's that's five or six times closer than 538, which is an aggregator of polls. So. I it's just, you know, we're watching the same thing happen over and over again. I think we need to, We everything else in our life has become, you know, digitized to some degree. I think we need to lean into it on polling.
0: And again, just to to reiterate, you're using the raw numbers. You're, you're not, you're not weighting them for race or for age or for sex.
1: That's exactly right. We don't do raking or uh, multivariate rebalancing, okay, some so, of the other things
0: that you can do. So you've had success. How do you grow this? Yeah, I think part of it is just getting the
1: message out there that uh, I think it's it's underserving uh, campaigns and politicians to throw to throw money into, into stuff that is, is just wrong. Um, so I think getting the message out there that there's some amount of acceptance that needs to happen. When the Internet first came out, people thought it was useful for nothing, and email was this slow form of communication and confusing. And now we're finding that's fundamental to our everyday uh, life. And so I think this is just you know people becoming acclimated well essentially we had to predict a few races in order for this to become believable and so i think we've we've done that And we'll see a, my prediction is we're going to see a big shift in the coming four years of many more people um doing their polls this way because you can get more accurate data and you can do massive scale that you can't do with this in person or um a phone
0: call we're running out of time but you you share your successes did you have a big miss
1: uh, no misses yet, but I'm sure there will be many coming forward.
0: <laughs> Don Vaughn is the head of product at Invisibly. Uh, it's a fascinating idea. Boy, I, I would I would love to see this work. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. You're listening to Chicago's Afternoon News here on 720 W.